Mine? 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 And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, continuing our Epcot conversation from last week. We have with us, continuing the madness, Stephen Maxwell from the UK. I'm surrounded by idiots. And as the way this conversation is shaping up, yes, yes, you are. Over in Jersey, sometimes in Florida, Joe Quattrochi. Greetings from the Garden State. And our special guest tonight, continuing from last week, Miss Rebecca Toon. Ugh, I need tequila. <laughs> Greetings from the Constitution <laughs> so <do> State. <laughs> no, I just need tequila. <laughs> you know, we have the Tri-State area represented tonight. Yes, yes. And, and another do. country, too. Did they bring tequila? <laughs> no, that's Mexico. We don't have any Mexicans at the moment. I'm going to La Cava. <laughs> I wish I could go to La Cava too. But since we can't go to La Cava, let's go to a message from our sponsors. Who has the largest selections of DVC resale listings and is the number one DVC reseller in the world? Who has 90% of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees? Who has 95 years of combined Disney Vacation Club experience and has been selling DVC since 1993? Who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC resale market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC resale market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team, and now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at dvcresalemarket.com. Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Chico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com joffreys coffee and tea a flavor for every disney memory guy has a voice like silk i'm dead serious like i've tried a bunch of different iced coffees joffreys iced coffee is the shiz nits <laughs> delicious you're, it's you're really me you're seriously killing me now we have to edit that out Come on. <laughs> as opposed can to all say the other nicer? stuff we're not can you editing? say something nicer about uh I said it's. I the said raspberry it's, chocolate is the bomb. It means it's good. Let me tell you something. I just got back from Walt Disney World, and I think I had an iced coffee like twice a day from every Joffrey's kiosk. You don't even <laughs> drink coffee. I know it was that good. Oh my god, that's amazing. Seriously, like I was having like uh, iced coffee with mocha every day, like at least twice a day. 
I got like a new like addiction. Just a regular coffee. It's delicious. It's fantastic. And that is awesome. And let's jump back into our conversation about Epcot because when I am not drinking my iced coffee, I am drinking over at Epcot and one of my choice drinks is going over to the popcorn cart in Canada and imbibing in a nice La Fin du Monde. This is probably one of the best beers in Epcot. Any of you relate? Nope. I'm more of like a Molson Canadian kind of guy or or blue light. (laughs) I lived on the Canadian border, so I'm more of just a regular. I mean, it's fine if you can't have tequila. (laughs) This is one of the only things that I agree with of... uh, with Doug Davis from the WW Main Street podcast, so I kind of have to give that to him in this way. So I really don't give him much, but once in a while I have to throw a dog a bone. So this is my knickknack paddywhack over there. So with that said, we are continuing our love letter to Epcot 35 Ways We Love Epcot with Steven. Yep. I've always liked the seas. Uh, when I went earlier on, uh, first time I went was 1992, uh, and it was just the season. You'd uh, you sort of lifts went down. Uh, I can't remember what they were called. Remember that? Mm-hmm. No, there was lifts. Inclinators. Aye. So you went in that, and you felt as if you were, you know, way down into the bottom of the sea. Uh, but obviously, I'd done it up a wee bit with Nemo and friends. And when you're walking towards Nemo and friends, you still see the splash of the, the water coming through, and it, it looks really great. And it's when the monorail passes by, it's a great picture spot. But you always also get all the seagulls from Nemo going, mine, 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 mine. And it's just, it, it just sets off the whole thing. Uh, so you're actually walking in, you're walking into the, the world of Nemo, and just hearing these seagulls going, mine, mine, mine. And I just think it's really, really good. And it's very imaginative. Can you do your impression of the seagulls one more time? Mine, 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 mine. Wow. That is the first time I ever heard you talk in an American accent. (laughs) (laughs) Took the the words out of my mouth. (laughs) I couldn't resist. It was just... (laughs) Nicely done. I remember yes. we were going to do a we were going to do a show where I was going to speak in American, and everybody on the show was going to do a Scottish accent. Well, that's going to be our April Fool's show. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Quattrochi as is feeling compelled to show off all of his uh, Epcot 35 merchandise to us. He just showed off the Funko Pop, which honestly I don't like. Funko Pops, I just don't get. And the one from Figment, he looks like he has Tay-Sachs disease. I just can't... I can't deal with it. So I that, think he's that cute. head yeah. is just not... I think I'm jealousy is it. coloring your vision. Yeah, I would have gotten you one if you would have said something. <laughs> I purposely didn't say something because I wasn't interested in one. It's cute. And with that, Becca, what's your next thing? Oh, okay, so... <laughs> so my next one is probably my all-time favorite thing of Epcot. Um, I call it the FLA. 
and FLA stands for Flashy Light Alcove. Um, when the first time we went to uh, Epcot, my children were very young. They were um, one was in a stroller, one was sort of hanging onto the stroller for dear life, and we were trying to exit the park. And we were headed out and we sort of just needed a break because the crowds were pretty heavy. So we sort of slipped in to um, this little area right as you walk through the parks where the um, concrete sort of lights up and twinkles as you're leaving at night. It's very dark and these LED lights are in the concrete and they're twinkling and they're magic. And it just is the embodiment of everything you think Epcot should be. And you sort of veer off to the left into this tiny little courtyard um, and all of a sudden these LED lights start taking shapes and flashing and going across and my, my children were enthralled and it was probably one of the most simplest technologies ever at the time, but we probably sat there for 45 minutes and there are like stone benches that surround it and you can sit there and it's very quiet because there are trees that surround it. And it's sort of removed from the park altogether, but I have these amazing pictures of my children sitting in the middle of it and me sitting in the middle of it. And those pictures are really blurry because my kids took those pictures, but it was an amazing moment of just what I think Walt intended Disney to be. It was the three of us being a family and it wasn't about the rides or the food or the alcohol actually. It was just about us, the three of us being together and the lights were really cool and it puts this glow on everybody's face and um, it is one of my favorite places in all of Disney World and I actually don't leave property before I've ducked in and out and even now that my kids are um, way older than I care to admit and don't live in my house and don't go to Disney with me very often anymore. I always make sure I'd, I'd sort of dip in there. And now I watch these other families that have very small kids and look super exhausted leaving the park. And I'm like, guys, it gets better. You can come back here and drink in a few years. And so it's a really sort of full circle thing for me. So um, we call it the FLA. It sort of became shorthand for us. But the flashy light alcove is one of my favorite places in Disney, and and in Epcot in particular. Family memories, absolutely most part of yeah, Disney. definitely. Totally hear you on that, Joseph. All right, so um, I said before, one of the things I like to do most is walk around Epcot at night. One of my favorite things I like to do is ride Test Track at night. So I would say Test Track at night is one of my favorite things about Epcot. Um, you guys know, yeah, I'm guy and I love racing and all that stuff and there's pretty much nothing that comes closer to auto racing and going fast on high bank curves than test track and um, I always get a kick out of this (laughs) (laughs) I I always get a kick out of designing my own car I try to like you know design it for it to be the most efficient or whatever I try to get the highest score possible like one category and see where I rank against everybody else um and then just actually the ride itself, it's like a combination of like Tron, which Steven and I both love and, yeah, you know, and, and, and race and racing. And it's just, it's one of those things when you, you get to that last point and you, you get ready to go outside and you're getting ready to make a funny face when the camera goes off. Um, but it's dark outside and you're just hitting that high bank and just seeing spaceship earth in the back. Really cool, uh, experience, especially because in Disney world, there's not many, roller coasters per se or rides that we experience outside besides maybe everest 
Um, and maybe the new Slinky Dog coaster that's coming, you know, and Big Thunder Mountain. But like really getting a high speed thrill at night is just it's pretty cool. It's one of the things that it's one of the fast passes that my wife and I try to schedule all the time. Is we try to do like an eight o'clock test track at night right before illuminations at nine o'clock. It's just one of the things that we like to do every trip. And um, a trip to unless I ride test track at night. So that's one of my favorites. Even though uh, you know, I do miss the old school world of motion, it's what I grew up on. Test track is still a lot of fun for me. And uh, I wish that high speed bank was a little bit longer. I don't think I've ever ridden it at night. It's awesome. Okay, it, this is a goal now for me. Because you don't get you don't get blinded when you go outside, like when you know, exit out the back. I mean, it's just. I actually don't think I've ever been in Future World at night. Maybe that's what it is. Or at night. It's... I'm always in the world showcase. But it's. We know what you're doing. Buy it. All right, that's a new that's a new one on the list for me then. And I love how you just the whole outside of that is backstage, so you kind of just try to crane your neck to see things that you're not supposed to see while you're down there. And also too, if if indeed I'm sure you know this, but if you look to the inside, you can see all the different Chevrolet vehicles that are parked inside, and you know all the different models. And I think a lot of people miss that, but yeah, they park all of the pickup trucks and. All the other kind of stuff in the middle, right? Dubai at 65 miles an hour. So. Awesome. Cool. Excellent. And what about Michael? What was one of his number? Michael's number four. This is number four. Yeah, Michael's number four. I think Joe will agree with this one. Is the land pavilion. Yes. Not just the smell, but the whole thing. <laughs> I love the land pavilion. We go there. I'm not sure why that whole... Timon and Puba thing is still there that probably could go away like yeah, really go 10 away. years ago but I like I love the land and another sort of to the conversation about Figment earlier the old song from the land the like the kitschy you know living with the land that we all love nature's plan will shine above like I actually that predates my first trip to Disney but I actually made my children memorize that song because I loved it so much I mean, yeah i love that song and so it's just another example of how those things sort of creep into your you know your conscious even if you didn't live through them it just becomes part of who you are anyway my buddy who's a cast member was at epcot 35 too and he uh ended up uh in a group chat messaging us and re the recording they were playing that song and i had to respond i'm like I'm not familiar with that music. And he's like, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, I haven't gone to, I haven't gone to Epcot before 2010. Enlighten me. Was this on an attraction? What it was? I had never heard that music until oh, Sunday nice. night. And I fell in love with the song. You know about I, veggie fruit fruit? No, not veggie fruit fruit. Veggie fruit fruit is awesome on. too. I'm not talking kitchen cabaret. I, I did actually that night. Now. I did actually that night look up uh, Kitchen Cabaret too because I do know veggie fruit fruit oh, veggie veggie girl. fruit fruit. But I love sometimes that old like, I think prior to our first trip, we checked out a CD from the library of Disney World songs, Disney World loops, and that was on there. And we just I don't know, it, like it was a real letdown when we got on the ride and they didn't sing it. <laughs> <laughs> So we sang it ourselves, and it was fine. But yeah, I... Well, I, well that wouldn't be on Living with the Land. K Kitchen Cabaret is yeah, where uh, Soren right. is now. Yeah, that's where Soren is, yeah. 
Steve, is it true that the animatronics are still back, or these second version food rocks that are still back there? That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're actually still in the actual land pavilion. I know uh, what is it? Uh, Bonnie Appetit was the uh, was was the host. Am I correct, Joe? Uh, it's, I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but that sounds okay. probably about I mean, right. That I think cheesy enough. I think that's her name, and she happens to be behind the Magic Kingdom now in the central shops where they create all the rides and everything. And the reason why I know this is I took a couple years ago the backstage Magic tour. And they take you over to the central shops and they show you them working on servicing ride vehicles and everything. And they, at that point, the Little Mermaid was opening. So they were building one of the Little Mermaid animatronics, like a spare aerial. And they were talking about animatronics. So they showed us aerial. But then to actually give a demonstration of how animatronics work, they brought out Bonnie Appetit. And they use her now as a teaching tool for the tours. That's pretty cool. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely is. That's awesome. And with that, we're going to move on to round five, and we're going to start with the beautiful Becca. Oh, hello. So, um, I think, <laughs> like, where? Where is she? Um, so, I think my number five is definitely the monorail. I love seeing the monorail go. It's it's simple, but it's it's my thing about Epcot. I love, like, there's that sweet spot over by Journey into Imagination where the, the waterfall goes up. And if you stand there just long enough, you can catch the monorail coming through. And it is like the picture perfect moment for me. And I, it's always very quiet over there. You don't see a lot of people. There's not a lot of, you know, loiterers. So I love to grab a coffee and just kind of hang out over there by the railing and take a ton of photos. Um, and I love seeing the monorail go through the park. There's something very sort of futuristic and very, um, future worldly about it that I just love. I love seeing it go through there. I love the monorail in general. So that's one of my favorites. Did, did you guys hear the uh, Disney dish where Jim Hill was talking about there's a sinkhole in the water by, by one of the monorail pylons pie by the Odyssey? Ever since I see that now, all I just, I just like, yeah, it runs as softly as a cloud, but I'm still worried. Is there a chance the track can bend? <laughs> okay, thank you, Homer. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I had not heard that. That's that's kind of. That's actually why the Odyssey Bridge is built the way it is. It kind of it doesn't go in a straight line. They actually have to go around a sinkhole that's actually in the middle of the water. I mean, I don't know why we should be surprised about that. It is Florida. <laughs> It's true. Maybe, maybe that's why that kid was swimming a couple of weeks ago. Oh, no, that was on the other side. And speaking of Florida, Joseph. So, and like Rebecca was just talking about, you know, the monorail going through Future World is kind of like that futuristic kind of feel. Well, you know, Epcot is pretty much now retro futuristic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know like Tomorrowland and Magic Kingdom, it's like that old Jules Verne kind of thing, but Epcot's still got that retro 80s futuristic. So my favorite thing, uh, again, on my list is the 80s architecture. And I know that's going away soon. I know when I saw the plans for the new Epcot coming out, a lot of that is going to be removed. A lot of that smooth silver edgings to the buildings and stuff. But like, I think I like walking in Epcot more than anything else. I love that. There's, I'm like an 80s geek. I love anything 80s. And essentially all of Future World is like stuck in 1982. And I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I can't get enough of it. And I'm gonna be really sad to see it go. And 
I don't know, honestly, if I'm going to love Epcot as much if they take all of that away and it's something else. I, I might not like Future World, quote unquote, as much if they take all of that away. So I, I don't know. Joe, now I just want to see you on one of those uh, VH1 I Love the 80s retrospectives. I never miss those. those. I never, I would, I never miss those. I would love to see you on one of those. Everything, half the stuff on my list has been 80s. The logo. uh, Instead of pop up video, you could do pop up Epcot. I'm serious. Pop up video. Wow. I forgot about that. (laughs) That and MTV Yak Live. Now, wow. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I'll miss that too. I'm, no, I'm, it's and, and even when they they started taking away that, you know, there's that old school Epcot font that they used. Then they used to put it on everything. They kind of went away from it a little bit. I wish, and they've kind of brought it back to some of the merchandise and stuff now. I wish they continued to use that. It's just you kind of know when certain signs were printed. Like, oh, that's '80s font right there. Yeah, absolutely. So, excellent. Who hasn't given number five yet? Stephen. Uh, me. And me. Okay, Stephen. Yep, I'm going to go for the Fountain of Nations and Heart of Epcot and uh, Future World. I just think it's great. Uh, just the way that it dances about, uh, the music that goes along with it, and the lights that are sort of shining up through it. One of the the best things is obviously you can go to the it was the Fountain View Cafe. I think it's now turned into a Starbucks, which I don't think I'll be going there from now on. But we used to go and sit outside and just watch the dancing fountains and it's it's in a loop i think it's been about is it half an hour ago you know it, it, it does sort of just keep on going and keep on going but i mean if you're going between mission space and uh soaring and nemo you know if you're traveling across it's always great just to stop and and watch uh and listen to the music i just think it's great and it's 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 very relaxing you know for something that's in a theme park that's all hustle and bustle and go. Just to stop there and watch the, the fountains for a few minutes, just see you're passing by is really, really good. Absolutely. I love the fountains. Yeah. Do you actually stay around to watch the uh, show when the music comes on? With the water cannons? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I every, every so often, yeah. I have yet to do it. One of these days, that's on the list. I'm just going to, like, time it and just, like, wait for one to start and watch a full show. You know what's interesting is I started doing that just recently, though. I, I think I used to race past it to get to something else. And I think now that I go so often, you get the opportunity to do those things. Rebecca, I completely agree. I'm uh, oh, sorry, Stephen. It's good when it comes to the end of it. You know, and the music stops, and all the water's up in the air, and the music stops, and you just hear it splashing all the way down. Yes! (laughs) It's the best sound. (laughs) I I prefer it at night. I don't know about you. I love it at night. Um, There's just something even even more magical about it at night. And it's just just one of those things that, like, we're... um, I think as we go a lot, um, I think we're we're finding the things that we did race by that have always been there. We're actually taking the time to stop and appreciate them. And we're like, Oh wow, that's actually really cool. Like, I can't believe I didn't see that. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like how many times have we all ran by those fountains and like, I mean, we all know the music. Like I think some of it's played to Yanni, uh, some of the music I know that they do the show too. Um, I think they do the water show too. And like, 
I, one day I stopped. I was like, let's stop and watch this. And we watched it. It was actually pretty cool. And my wife's never seen it either. So it's one of those things that, like, I know me and Jen are always looking for new things to do. And that's one of the things that we actually did this past trip. And um, I think as we go a lot more, we're finding those little hidden gems that are there that most people just run by. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so aside from the fact that uh, Jill listens to Yanni... The only reason why I know a... that, Dave, Yanni, <laughs> what, Yanni was used... That song that one of the shows was used for a intro to my beloved New Jersey Devils hockey team for many years. <laughs> well, that explains it because so. I was always raised with the... Uh, idea that real men do not listen to Yanni so make real men watch sense. hockey so and I love my devils and I think they used that one song probably for five or six years in their intro when they took the ice that's the only reason why I knew that so that's why I caught my ear when I was walking by I said ooh <laughs> okay and has Michael given his number five Michael's number five no he hasn't actually and this is what I'm gonna have to um, maybe hand off to you guys because I don't know a whole lot about it but Michael's number five is the quick service in France. La boulanger patisserie. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to do that. <laughs> uh, always got good reviews. I have not eaten there. Is that um, the place? I've only had ice cream back in France. That's the that's the uh, ice cream shop where you can get the croque-monsieur, where it's the uh, brioche bun. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's not actually this place. This place, it's... Um, you have a lot of those really fancy French pastries that yes. just, they look like a work of art where you don't even want to eat them. A lot of different fruit tarts and stuff like that. And then they have some really good sandwiches and everything. It's one of those where you probably have more of a, um, I guess it's um, a safer menu. Okay. It's, it's the equivalent of Sunshine Seasons for... Um, France. The World Showcase. So I know it has two... a huge collect. Go ahead. It has a huge uh, selection, and yes. the stuff is uh, of a lot of um, quality, variety, and a lot of safe foods there too. Even though yes. it's um, France. I know two things about it. I know one that it's one of the few places that's open for breakfast in the World yes. Showcase, and I know that they have. At least they had at one time. I haven't been there in about a year now. But they used to have a really great cheese platter. That I was, believe they still do. That was a really, it was really tasteful. And I would get it bef on the day I was leaving. And I would take it on the plane with me to eat it on the plane on the way home. So that's what I know about it. But um, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just don't think I've been there super often. Well, so. his leads right into my number. I guess it's number six or. Okay. Actually, no. It's actually my num it's actually my number five. I love the movie Impressions de France. It's just one of those things that I must do every time I go to Epcot. Uh, Last original obviously, attraction. Obviously, if I have time. Okay, that I, I wasn't actually. Yeah, Last uh, original the attraction. Yep. Really. Wow. See, now my reasons are more sentimental because I lived in France for a while, so a full summer, and I've, out of all the international traveling I've done, France is probably the, the country that I've been in most, and it's just always brings me back to some very nice times in my life, and um, I got, when I went to France, I went all over the country, I got to see the whole countryside, and some and the major cities, so just watching that 
movie kind of just takes me back to 2012 and some a really good time in my life when I got to uh, spend an incredible summer living in France. Very cool. Nice. Been, and I like the gargoyle in the in front when you walk in. I, I've been to cool. I've been to Quebec once. <laughs> Quebec I haven't been to yet actually. That's on the list. I've only got as I've actually no I've I've gone I was gonna say I only got as far as Ontario but no I did leave for my cruise out of um, British Columbia out of Vancouver so Quebec is definitely on the list. Why don't we do a Montreal uh, race one day? Joe. Montreal sounds good. Rock and roll, rock and roll, Montreal, I, or something like I that. I know people that have run that race. So it's a lot of, a lot of fun. Excelente. And now, moving on to our sixth reason, let's start with Michaels. Michaels is the Japanese garden. Oh, pretty. Very pretty. Very photogra- photographic. There's not much to say about it. I mean. Like, there's some tadpoles there. <laughs> it's quiet. Well, there's always some nice spots in Epcot to kind of just relax and kind of yeah. just uh, recharge. So that's that's one of them. Yeah, and I feel like I don't have to agree that it's that everything that everyone else mentions is exciting. I think you can appreciate it that it's just somebody something that someone appreciates. So it's great that it's yeah. there. The simplicity of it kind of just... Uh, offsets the really busy hustle and bustle that is Misukashi. And as you kind of go up the stairs with it and everything, you kind of have um, the Lotus Blossom Cafe. And there's actually some nice little spots to kind of just hide from the world up there. Yeah, absolutely. And those are important. Yep. Yes, they are. Becca, what's yours? Okay, so I need you all to just get some duct tape and put it over your mouth. Because I don't want to hear your opinions on it. Here we go. Okay. Brace yourselves. This is a purely selfish one for me. Um, And I'm going to preface it by saying I don't care where they put it. They can move it. I don't care. But I actually love the Leave a Legacy um, exhibit there in Epcot. Oh, yeah, I can see all your faces. I don't know if you know you're on video, but I can see you. So stop it. It's like, it's like 2001 with the monolith, you know? I'm not saying it doesn't look like a giant graveyard. I'm saying my face is on it and it makes me happy. <laughs> I mean, not because it looks like a graveyard. Yeah, thank you, Joe. <laughs> see, they know how to behave, Steve. Doesn't it look like anybody, though? I mean, honestly, the pictures don't look like anything that anybody ever looks like. I will say this about it, though. Brutal. My parents did take a picture of it because they decided after not uh, taking us all of our childhood, they got married. They celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary and waited till my brother and I were adults and then said, hey, we're going to go to Disney World. <laughs> and, of course, I had something to say to them at that point. I'm like, yeah, you know, you wait until we're adults and then the two of you go off. But I'm not bitter, damn it. But <laughs> aside from that. That might uh, be the worst thing about Epcot. I, listen, they, I'm not saying no, they did. I'm not saying it was well thought out. I'm saying the concept is real. I love that I can, I love that at some point because they were guaranteed to be in the parks for 40 years when we bought it. So exactly. I love my that at some point I'm going to take my grandchildren there and I'm going to point out 
a part of history that says I was here then. And it's sort of like your hat and your button and your pin and all the other stuff you're wearing. There's something significant about having a place in history. And whether See, it was I find poorly it done, I'm fine with that. Like, I, I don't even care if they move it to the back of the park and bury it under something. Backstage. I love, yeah, that's fine. I get to go backstage and that's kind of cool. I love the I love the history that it symbolizes of where we were in our lives at that moment and and sort of the the history of it for me. So I know it's an unpopular opinion. Trust me, I get it. But I love um, I love the I love the cheesiness. I love that it's sort of my brick at Magic Kingdom. Do you, do you know what would be actually a really cool thing they could do with it? Take down those god awful stones that are all different angles. Take the the plates of it and maybe do two different. Um, you know, like the, the lakes that uh, separate Future World from World Showcase that the monorail kind of runs through where the sinkhole oh, yeah. is? Yeah. Maybe do something like in the middle of on the end. Sure. Something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where it's. You see, I thought maybe even putting them on a whole bunch of them on the pylons of Sp Spaceship Earth so you can actually see the plaques on Spaceship Earth. Well, we don't Earth. want a graffiti Spaceship Earth for that. I well, mean, no, no, no. Just. <laughs> they have. The way they have those, like. The support beams for it they can they can fit up there when my father did it with my mother he was with me for the first part of my uh month-long odyssey and last last uh, august he insisted that we go and find their picture on there so we went into the store uh, it's the kodak store which by the way um still when you walk in it's off to the as you're walking in it's under spaceship earth to the right at, when you walk in from the entrance and they actually pipe in the smell of Alexandria burning. So that's enough. If you want to get it, you can go into that store too. But they told us where it was. And they give us a plate number. They give us a row. And then they give us, uh, they give you a column. And as we're looking for it, I'm like, uh, this is kind of eerie. I feel like I'm looking for your grave. I'm like, this. what did they say? Uh, plot six, range seven? Yeah. Or something like that. I'm like, this is just this. This is just. Uh, I feel like I feel like I'm looking for your, your mausoleum, mausoleum at that point. Like, yeah. like the ones that are like the ones that like they're all the way high up. Like, file them under D for dead. <laughs> That's what I felt like I was looking at. I think we're fortunate. Ours is literally as you walk through the turnstiles on the very first monolith, and it's literally right there. You can't miss it, and it's sort of a talisman for us now. Like we always rub it as we're entering and leaving the park as sort of a good luck symbol. So yeah, right. it doesn't look like you anymore. You've rubbed it off. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look like, I mean, <laughs> it looks better than what we used to look like, actually. So, Becca, when we go to the park, can we rub you too? <laughs> Only with yourself. All the times we've been at, all the times we've been to Epcot together, Rebecca, and you've never pointed this out. Okay. How many times have we walked by? I know by? how you feel about the Leave a Legacy. Song. No, listen, I, I'm I'm the guy who has a brick outside City Field for the Mets. I have a brick outside the Prudential Center for the Devils. My wife has a brick outside the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I'm all about the bricks and stuff like that. I would still like to see it. I just I'll throw it to you next okay. Wait a minute though. Wait. We actually. When have are you to actually? Be when are you actually entering through Future World? Okay. Look, sometimes you're a local. You enter through. You slum it at the All Stars. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you you said a long time ago you like to enter from the back, so you know you're coming in at uh, World Showcase at the, uh, what's that thing? International uh, Gateway. International Gateway. Listen, yeah, I like variety like in my life. Back. You don't own me. Just keep going with the show. <laughs> it's a family-friendly groin or area. I like it. Rebecca's taking charge of this 
train track. <laughs> And with this said, Stephen. The beast is always good. Stephen. <laughs> uh, oh, I know. I know that's going to be a hard one. You put those big monoliths in the, in the lagoons for that, I care, you know? <laughs> uh, we talked about it earlier on. Obviously, uh, Joe's wife queued up in this store uh, for the, the figments earlier on. Uh, but Mouse Gears is. Is one of the I really really like this store, and I liked it even better, you know, years ago when it used to be a, a two-story floor uh, store. Uh, you used to find things in there you could find anywhere else, and upstairs it used to have the animation, you know, and they were selling art and bits of artwork. Uh, but they restructured it, and it's not as good anymore. But it is you can find things in there that are, are just different. You know, a lot of stores in Walt Disney World, they sell the same stuff all the way throughout. And if you go to one, it's like going to any other one. But this one, it, 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 it pulled my heartstrings a wee bit because I do remember the way it was. And you used to go up the stair and used to see all the, the hand-drawn animation that you could, you could actually buy. Ooh, 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 fun fact, fun fact. Cool. I learned on the t well first. Beside the fact that it smells like diarrhea and vomit, Love it. Uh, sunshine season. The, the <laughs> other thing, the other thing that I, I wanted to uh, let you guys know about is on that undiscovered future world tour, uh, Mouse Gears is actually um, modeled for Ducktales. Really, the whole gyro gear let loose idea and that whole uh, thing of animation and everything they use the same animators from DuckTales to do the animation inside there and all the pictures and it's supposed to be a uh, tribute to Gyro Gearloose. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yes. That's awesome. That you would never know. But no. That was awesome. What was it, it does smell like vomit and diarrhea. What was the old name of it? Centurion or what was it called? What? It had a different name? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this. I think it was Cent I think it was Centurion or something like yeah. that. Was the the store thing. was named that. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's I remember cool. that a wee while back. Yeah, it was. I could be wrong. I probably said it's wrong. It's something like that. I mean, you've got the button, so I don't think you're wrong. <sighs> <laughs> Joseph, did you give them your number five? Um, I think I gave. Let's see. I think I think I'm due next. Okay, Joe, what's your number five? Okay, so um. My next one is going to be, and you guys have just mentioned it, the International Gateway. I like it that there's at least one park in Walt Disney World that has a secondary entrance. I think it's really cool that if you were to stay at the Boardwalk, the Swalfin, or Yacht and Beach, that you kind, of, you kind of have your own like VIP entrance for the meantime until they build the gondola there that will connect uh, Caribbean Beach and uh, uh, Riviera. But um, and Pop Century, I guess it's gonna connect a lot of things. But it's gonna be it's exclusive for now until you know three other resorts join in. But I just like that like small entrance. It's never crowded. Um, there's nothing better than watching the end of Illuminations. You're letting the, every scene, everybody go towards the buses and the monorails, and you just make that quick left turn, and you're back at your resort right there. So it's just for like, people like me who just park over at Boardwalk and then just walk into the listen e gateway. every um, every security guard has your picture up in their booth Dave so I've called around but uh... <laughs> hey I have tables in Wonderland you go over the Bellevue Lounge you get a beer and you're all set you just get free uh, 
valet park. But it is it is a great little thing, you know. I, I guess until maybe um, Star Wars opens up and maybe they'll have a separate entrance into the studios for that. But right now, it's just kind of cool having an alternate entrance and kind of makes you feel a little bit of VIP. Just get it out it real quick. It's it's nice to get it out of a park that easy. So International Gateway, it's nice. And another reason why I like International Gateway that. is That's because awesome. it brings me to my number six even quicker because you make a turn at International Gateway and you're passing the UK where you can start playing Agent P's World Showcase Adventure. One of the most fun interactive games all throughout Walt Disney World. I do uh, have fond memories of playing this for the first time with uh, Joe over here. It was actually very good. And when he realized that he had to go into uh, the tea shop and tell the uh, cast member that evil is my cup of tea, he turned like three shades of purple and before doing it. And that was just watching that was just worth it too. Dave, we but, need to we need to do that again because my wife is not going to take the time to actually play the game with me. So next time we're in Disney, we need to we need to do that again because that was a lot of fun that day. You know what I like about it? It makes you actually take some time to really look at the details of World Showcase. So you have to go into the stores, look at different... Uh, you have to look for different displays. You have to look on the facades of buildings for different things. So it gives you a chance to really kind of just step back and really look around at your look around at your um, surroundings and just kind of just... You create... It develops a new appreciation for the p- pavilions when, again, it's all run from one ride to the next ride. That's a kind of way of just kind of uh, stopping the smell of the roses. I think that's uh, it's, uh, it's one of these things where everybody's, I know I've been seeing recently, they, they look at their phones all the time as they're walking about. Obviously, my Disney experience is, is setting them up for that. But look up, you know, look up because one of the ones in France is you, you see. Uh, what's the platypus his name? Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, no, he's up in he's he's up in France, and you've got to look up at the the windows away up there to to find him, and it's great because it does it, it opens up so much more within and the, the theme park than the just rushing from right to right. Yes. Definitely. And just for the record, I just found the picture. I think that's why we're all kind of giggling. It's Centaur. Yeah. It's Centaurian. That's awesome. Well, that oh, and Steven's messing. drinking out of mason jar, which I find incredibly attractive. <laughs> it's like four o'clock in the morning. Over the pod. My man. Yeah. Five to three as he just now. Excellent. And now to close out with round seven, Steven. What's your number seven? Why do you love Epcot? One of the good things is, obviously, the World Showcase is it, it does showcase so many different mm-hmm. cultures and obviously different countries. And each each country has their own representative person. And you can actually go to the, the Kidcock Fun Sports and actually meet these people. Uh, you can actually talk to them in the language. It used to, I know they used to have like Duffy the Bears on sticks that you used to be able to colour in, and when you went there, they used to put a stamp on your, your stick of Duffy the Bear and uh, sign, sign, your, sign your bear as well. You'll, you can learn so much with just talking to these people from different different countries, and it's, it's so 
enthralling to see that they've actually been seconded from their country to Epcot just for the just to put over their experiences of their country and it, I know it's a, it's a cultural thing to try and get you to maybe go to that country uh, but I just think it's great that you can draw people in and talk to each other in, in different languages and it all gets drawn together in one theme park and I just think it's great and with the kids obviously having something that they can do that's not rushing from right to right that sometimes they can get on as well you know it's, it gives them a wee bit of a chill out to to sit down and like do something that they would like to do and like colour in and and just run about. Absolutely. Does anybody remember the the parade that was before Illuminations? Where like right before like the the giant people on stilts would come through Tapestry of Nations. Tapestry of Nations, Nations, thank you. No, no I don't. So I I, we started visiting about the tail end of Tapestry of Nations, and I remember at the Kid Pot stations at that time, you could create this almost like a dream catcher thing that had streamers. And my kids, you would add a streamer in each country. And as the Tapestry of Nations came through, they would come through and acknowledge those kids that had those. It was very cool. And it was one of the first introductions we had to sort of like that that interaction of cast members and it was very cool and then i have a friend whose son just arrived over here from the uk and he's working here on the college program and a lot of my friends have made it a point to go by and find him and take a picture and send it back to his mom and we've never met most of these people have never met one another but there's a certain sort of community that's formed and you know their kids coming over here and and being able to go and find them and talk to them and you know find out about their you know, their own culture and things like that. It's very cool. Yes, it is. And with that, Becca, what's your number seven? So, um, my number seven was kind of a tie. Um, so I'm going to go with the one that makes the most sense and is not the Viking challenge, which is really what I wanted it to be. <laughs> but instead, I love um, all the festivals that... Epcot hosts. I love the the wine and the, the food and wine festival. I love the flower and garden festival. Um, I love those sort of extras that they come up with to enhance the park that I already love, and make it even better and more fun. And I love that they continue to grow those festivals and invest in them. And um, I love to attend. I think, you know, while they're all a bit similar, they all have a little bit of their own personality, and I enjoy those very much. I think what we're going to have to do one day is create a new Mickey Dudes uh, armchair imagination show. Create your own Epcot festival. I like it. That should be an interesting Yeah, that would be cool. And what about Michael's? Michael's? I think is one that we'll all have a lot of fun with. Michael's number seven was a nod to Beverly and Club Cool. Ah, uh, yes. Well yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I challenge. That, absolutely. I mean, who, like, I feel like it's sort of the secret handshake of Epcot to say, oh, have you tried Beverly? <laughs> you know, there is there is that camaraderie that you don't know Epcot if you don't know Beverly. And um, so I, I, I appreciated that one being on his list. It's a shame. It's a love- shame that they don't offer. And I'm sorry, David Stefani. There's a shame that they don't offer those other beverages, like for full purchase. Because there Absolutely. are some ones that I legitimately like, 
And it's like they're all Coca-Cola products, and I get they're exclusive to certain other countries around the world. But like it's Epcot, there's World Showcase. Like, why can't they have those beverages for purchase? Like they have some legitimately I think good you flavors. Can get them now at the Coca-Cola. Store. Yeah, didn't we do the the flight, Dave, when we were there? I think we did the the floats. We did the float flights, which are actual just American sodas, yeah. but they have the international flight. Now, I don't know if you, you now it is a purchase thing for the international flight, but I don't know if you can actually like just get like, oh, let me get a cup of Beverly. <laughs> I know they have Beverly's Revenge, which is a cocktail, which is really good. Actually, it's like a blood orange cocktail. And when you mix that, when you mix that with alcohol, it actually comes out very tasty. Interesting. But yeah, I'm like Joe. I think it'd be great if you could go from into the actual countries and order that off the menu. Yeah, I mean, I would... Yeah. I don't understand why. I, I, but there's, I mean, like, there's... I have a lot of memories of Club Cool, like, from the very first time, before we actually even tasted Beverly, just going in and, like, sort of sticking to the floor a little bit. Yeah. And, like, all the little paper cups everywhere. And, um, you know, it's kind of one of those rites of passage, if you go to Epcot, is to go and, and try all those sodas. I like to walk in, go straight over for the Beverly, and just gulp it down and go, ah, and then have people give me this dirty look, like, seriously? No, no gulping for me. <laughs> I like my Beverly. I mean, I'm going to let you have her, actually. That, that, that's actually from Italy, right, Beverly? Or is that from... Yes. Uh, imagine if they actually had that for purchase in, like, Via Napoli, and be like, oh, I'll try this Beverly. It's a local soda. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I have people that have gone to Italy, and I know I have Italian friends that live there, and they can't get Beverly over there. I've asked about this before, and I've asked that like they've sent to have it sent to me. They don't. They don't have it available to them. So I guess it's not as popular as uh, it once was at one point. It's like Harp and or Stephen. I was about yeah. to pay. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Right. Oh, what's the one they just shipped it all over the airport to sell? Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. Pack it all up and send it to the Americans. They'll drink anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and moving on, I am going to finish out with my personal favorite of all of the rides in Epcot. Believe it or not, that is the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros. And the reason why I like this ride so much is because when I go into a park, I have to ride at least one attraction. And there's never a line for this. It always brings a smile to my face. I've always loved Donald Duck. At most I've ever uh, waited was 10 minutes to get on this, and it was just on busy days. So it's a quick little diversion from the rest of my day in the air conditioning it's to say oh yeah i got to go on a ride while i was in epcot because most of the time i'm just in the world showcase just kind of hanging out so this kind of makes it okay well i can't really go on the rides anywhere else so i'm gonna go on an attraction and kind of enjoy it so this is my go-to attraction in epcot especially if lines are really bad not maybe the not the greatest of attractions but I like my Mexican small world. I preferred El Rio del Trent Tempo. I just thought that was a better ride than them stuff in the Three Caballeros into there. Agreed. And since our um, Jersey boy was actually at the 
35th anniversary of Epcot this past Sunday. Was it? Because we are recording this what? on the really? 4th of October. Oh, yeah, I was yes, there. Yes, we talked about that in the last show. We're going to close out with him. Joseph, what is your number seven of why you love Epcot? So the number seven is, and I mentioned it in the wonderful Epcot 35 merchandise that I purchased. Uh, I just like saying Epcot 35. It feels like it's some kind of big <laughs> festival. But um, and it doesn't really exist much anymore. Um, but I really I like the original pavilion logos for Future World, and you saw some of that when they had the little parade of like uh, pavilions and countries in the beginning of the celebration, and you'll still see it sometimes with like um, in a test track they'll give a little nod to the old World of Motion with the logo and stuff like that on some of the trash cans and in, in the, the queue and stuff like that but I like those old school pavilion logos and I wish they would bring they printed out on some merchandise like on one of my magic bands they have it but I really like that it's just like an old school thing as you could tell I'm old school Epcot I like everything old school Epcot but um I see Rebecca's got a little smile on me. She probably thinks it's, it's cool or cute. I'm not quite sure, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm more middle school. But... I mean, so. <laughs> I, I am, but it's like, that's one of the things... Fifth grade, I, like junior high. It's, it's one of the things I love is the old school pavilion logos. I wish they'd go back to that. Um, there's just something simplistic about it um, that you, when they showed that, you knew what it was. Um, it was free of sponsorship or anything like that. It just... <laughs> I mean, even today, you see people walking around with like retro cot T-shirts and like they just got the logo on it. And people were a fan of Horizons or a fan of, you know, um, Spaceship Earth or the land. You know, they would have the logo on it. So that's one of the things I like most. Um, I know it doesn't really exist anymore. And I'm kind of naming things that aren't in Epcot, but they're still around. You have to look for them a little bit. So I would say the old uh, pavilion logos. I saw on Twitter earlier on that they actually had a set of pins that had each of the different logos for different the different uh, attractions that were there uh, with the Epcot sign in the middle and I just thought that that'd be a good set to have you know I mean you could put that up in a frame you know and just just remind you what it was like before obviously Frozen took over yeah <laughs> Before any, you know, and also too, it's one of those things that so many IPs are taking over Epcot, and the Epcot that we know and love is kind of be going to go by the wayside a little bit. At least maybe the future world part of it. So just seeing that that original concept, you know, before like Marvel's gonna be posted on everything, it's just it's kind of nice and refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. I actually didn't know those exist, so that's kind of cool to hear about. If you actually look in that picture that I sent of Centorium, all you of those are see that. Those are all the original logos of all the pavilions. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to look closer at that after the show. That's very cool. And this has been a most educational and entertaining conversation. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's go around and tell everybody where we can be found on the various interwebs. Steven. Yeah. You can get me on SJM Disney on Twitter and Stephen James Maxwell on Facebook. Joe? You can find me on Twitter at Joe Quiet. You can also find me over with uh, Miss Rebecca Toon over at the DVC, uh, the Resort Loop DVC Roundtable. And I'm sure five years from now, you'll be able to find me and Dave Koch and whoever else likes to join us at Epcot 40. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know Dave's not going to miss it case. after this conversation. That is the case. I won't be on the merch line, but I'll be uh, probably riding Soren at that point. 
Rebecca, where can you be found? You can find me over at the DVC Roundtable on resortloop.com. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at BeccaBerry73. And in those very nostalgic moments, you can find me beating down the doors of Cranium Command in Epcot. Nice. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter at Figments Reality, the Mickey Dudes at the Mickey Dudes on Twitter, and our blog content site, www.themickeydudes.com. Ladies and gentlemen, have a magical day. listen to another exciting episode at the mickey dudes podcast you can find the mickey dudes on facebook at the mickey dudes podcast and on twitter at the mickey dudes if you enjoyed our podcast please share the love on stitcher or itunes thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon i mean you don't have pants on dave doesn't have a shirt on steven what are you taking off (laughs) my earphones